0: Welcome to another life impacting message from City Light Church, North Adelaide. You can find more great things like this at citylightchurch North Adelaide. So, let's pray, hey. Lord God, um, we just or we all bow before you, and we want to hear you speak. We thank you so much that you are a God who talks. And that you have given us your word we're so grateful that that you have done that we're not in darkness we can open your words and we can hear you speak to us so i pray lord that um, as we look at your word this morning that you will speak and that you, our hearts will be uh, turned afresh to you this morning we ask because we can in jesus amen so some uh, some fairly recent news headlines you may have seen them. I um, thought you might be interested in these. It's the first thing, if we can get that up. No? Okay. So the news headline was, Good Samaritans have rushed to save their elderly neighbour, found collapsed in his home, as fire broke out in his kitchen in Adelaide South. There we go. Another one. Good Samaritan rescues five kids from house fire. Good Samaritan saves drowning man from raging flood floodwaters. Um, that term, Good Samaritan, we hear it a lot. Has anyone never heard the term Good Samaritan? Does everyone know the term Good Samaritan? I think, I think we all do. We've, we've all heard it at different times. Um, I was on my way to uh, my uh, discipleship group a few months ago, and I uh, I was coming out from a client's house and my tyre hit part of the kerb and it shredded part of the tyre I didn't realise we were about 100 metres up the road and uh, all of a sudden they do do, do, do do and I pulled over on the side of the road and I got out and I looked at the uh, tyre and you just have that moment of trying to work out well what am I going to do, I've got to get the jack out so I went to the back of the car and as I did this guy came running over um, early 30s I guess he goes, ah, let me do it for you. What? This is in uh, Salisbury North, um, and it was getting towards dusk, and I was just a little bit nervous about this guy coming running up. But he, um, he jumped in his car, he, he reached in the back of his car and got out a proper jack, you know, the big, big jack, and um, had a a, a tyre, uh, what's the word, uh, air compressor. He thought he'd give it a go, see if he could pump up the tyre, but it was shredded. Anyway, well, he just starts pumping up, my, pump, pumping up the car, or jacking up the car. He said, you, you get your tyre out, I'll do it for you. Are you serious? Um, I, was, I was there in my suit and stuff, so maybe he just felt sorry for me, this, this noob that doesn't really... Probably got no idea how to change a tyre. I do know how to change a tyre. And I got the tyre out, and he just did the whole thing. It was unbelievable. I didn't even get my hands dirty in the whole process. And I said... Um, Thanks so much. What what were you doing here? He said, Well, I'm an Uber driver and I was just sitting here waiting for my next job and you pulled in front of me with a flat tire and I used to be a mechanic so I thought I'd fix it for you. I thought, how great is that? That's the kind of good Samaritan kind of thing that we we talk about. Um, it was lovely. And we love stories like that. We love the the story of the the girl out running who sees a house on fire and races in and saves the baby. We a guy dives into the water to save a drowning toddler. We love those kinds of stories. Um, They make us feel good, and they're great. These people are heroes. and They're to be applauded for doing those kinds of things. So we love good Samaritan stories. Um, People that just jump in and help out, and often total strangers. So if someone's called a good Samaritan, that's a good thing. Um, It means someone's recognised for doing something good, something probably a bit unusual, something that not everyone does. Um, Well, this morning... I thought we'd have a look at the original Good Samaritan. Um, it's a the, the term comes from a, a story, a parable, that Jesus told a couple of thousand years ago. And this, this term, Good Samaritan, has just made it into our everyday culture, our everyday um, language. But it, it came from Jesus originally. It's a parable that he told. Um, parables are stories often designed... To have a surface level meaning. So everyone would say, That's nice. Nice, good story, Jesus. While having a much deeper meaning that really only his followers really understand. And he'd tell them, he'd tell these parables in such a way that you either walk away saying, Yeah, okay, good one. Or you'd have a much deeper reaction and have your eyes opened, your soul touched and changed. So that's, that's the nature of parables. And I remember hearing lots of parables when I was a kid. Um, we'd have these RI, religious instruction teachers, come to school every six months or so, and they'd tell these kinds of stories, and they you know they're good stories. didn't really have any impact on me. Well, the story of the Good Samaritan is one that most people go, yeah, good on that guy, helping out someone in trouble, good job. But I want us to look a bit deeper at this parable this morning um and listen to what's happening in the story and if the lord's at work in our hearts and if we're wanting to hear him speak then i think we'll hear it completely differently i think we'll hear it the way jesus really wants us to hear it if we want him to talk um, if we don't want him to talk we don't want to if we don't want to hear what he's got to say it'll just be a nice story But I think if we're open to him talking to us and if he opens our hearts, it can be a different thing altogether. So that's what I'm praying for. So here we go. The story of the Good Samaritan up on the screen. So it's from Luke chapter 10. If you've got your Bible, um, feel free to open it. I'm going to have each bit up on the screen as we go through. So if you want to just focus on there, that's okay. But have it in front of you if you want. So it's Luke chapter 10 from verse 25. Let me read it to you. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What's your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And he, Jesus, said to him, You've answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbour? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And, he's, and when he saw him, Which of these three do you think was neighbour to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. So, quick question. Why did Jesus tell this parable? Just think, think of the answer for a second. Don't have to talk to anybody about it. Why did Jesus tell this parable? It's going to be a reason. Jesus didn't just tell stories for the sake of it. There was always a reason. Was it to teach us to be good guys? Was it to teach us to jump in and help those in trouble? Well, it's not really there to teach us to be nice. I know when I was a kid and the... And the Religious instructors would come along. That was the the reason for these stories, was to teach us how to be good people. But that's not really what this was about. Um, The key, a really important key to understanding anything in Scripture, is to look at the context of what we're reading. So how does this parable start? What's actually happening when Jesus tells this story? Well, it starts, And behold... A certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So keep in mind who Jesus is talking to and why he's telling the story. So as we go through this, that's the key. So here's this guy, a lawyer. Now, not the kind of lawyer we think of we think of today. Um, this guy was an expert in God's law. Um, he was an expert in, in the law that was written in what we call the Old Testament. So this guy was a, was an expert. He was a he was a Bible scholar. He he understood the law. When people came, when people had questions about God's law, he was a go-to guy. He was supposed to understand um, how the whole thing worked. He was an expert, and he would have known and likely memorized the first five books of the Bible. Memorised, including Leviticus. So if you had a question about God's law, if you wanted to know what God required of you, he's your go-to guy. So he was a teacher, and you would expect to be a really smart bloke, and you'd expect that he knew the answers. So here's this guy who knows God's words, who explains God's words to other people, standing in front of the guy Who wrote the words? So the author of scripture, God in flesh, the author of the law, was standing there. Right in front of him. And this expert stands up to test him. (laughs) Are you serious? He obviously didn't know who Jesus was. Or if he knew who Jesus was, he was ignoring it. You don't quiz the author on what's in his words. But this guy did. And it's a test. So this guy is testing Jesus. He doesn't want answers. He doesn't actually want an answer to his question. He's not seeking truth. He just wants to trap Jesus and tear him down. And the sad thing, as as I've read through this passage, the sad thing is that this guy's question was a great question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And he was asking that great question to the perfect person to answer that question. If you wanted to know how to get eternal life, who are you going to go to? Jesus. So he had a great question and he he was asking the right person. But he had the wrong heart. Now, I was thinking if I was Jesus... And you can all be grateful that that's not the case. If I was Jesus, I would have just called this guy out. I said, man, you don't want to know, you've just been a jerk. I would have exposed him and embarrassed him in front of everybody. But Jesus didn't do that. He took the opportunity to teach out, to teach this guy, to reach out to him and show him some grace and show him what was actually going on in his heart. Actually, I think Jesus was wanting to get him to expose his own heart. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? What's your reading of it? Okay, mate. You already know the answer. You're testing me. You tell me. What's your reading? What do you reckon it is? So Jesus knew what was going on, so he threw the question back at him. What is written in the law? What is is your reading of it? What do you reckon? You tell me. So the lawyer answered and said, "'You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbour as yourself.' And Jesus said to him, "'You've answered rightly.'" do this and live now is that the answer that you would have given is that the answer that I would have given I would have said something like no 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 you don't have to do anything you just have to believe in Jesus you've got to trust him as your saviour and lord that's how we'd probably answer something like that repent Trust in Jesus, something along those lines. But Jesus said, you've answered rightly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Do this and live. You've answered correctly. So what must we do to inherit eternal life? If we were asking Jesus that. Well... The right answer according to jesus is you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself do that and you'll live no one's picking up stones to throw at me or so what's that about Well, let's have a bit of a look at it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. All. Not some of your heart, some of your soul, some of your strength, or some of your mind. All. So my question is, how are we going with that? not too good well I got up this morning and the first thing I thought of obviously was the Lord how I might love him and serve him with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind and all of my strength obviously that's what I did no no first thing I thought about was me I gotta go to the toilet and then I gotta go get a drink and then I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee and then I've got to start panicking about the fact that I'm supposed to be preaching this morning. Um, all sorts of stuff was going through my head. And even as I'm thinking about preaching, the Lord actually wasn't even in my mind. How bizarre is that? I was thinking about the preaching, not the Lord that I was going to preach about. Um, God was, he was amongst the things I, I put my heart and my soul and my, my mind and my strength into. It was, it was part of it. But no way could I say... That I loved him with everything. So even this morning, I've lost out on eternal life. Love my neighbour as myself was the second part. How are we going with that? As myself. Love my neighbour as I love myself. I'm not even close. I got up and I cared for myself, I made sure I was comfortable. I made sure I was fed. I made sure I was clothed. I made sure I was safe. I made sure I was clean ish. Um, I spent a lot of time focusing on the most important person in my life, which is me. Well, I made Alison a cup of tea. Um, I was thinking I might have to make my kids some breakfast, but they got their own breakfast, so that was good. Um, I didn't scream at anybody. But I don't reckon I could say that I love them as I love myself. Not even close. And they're my family, let alone the people next door, the people across the road, let alone you people. But you know what? If you do love the Lord your God with all you are and you really love your neighbour as yourself, if you do that, then you've done everything that God wants of you. If you truly love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, and you love your neighbour as much as you love yourself, then you've fulfilled everything that God requires of his people, of everybody. You'd have no sin. None. You'd have no need of forgiveness and you'd qualify to enter into eternal life. If. So there you go. Just do that. You want to turn a life? Just do that. Well, I ain't going to make it. And I'm guessing that you are probably not going to make it. But the lawyer thought that he was going to make it. And that's a problem. So standing in front of Jesus, saying those words, the lawyer should have been convicted of his failures. He should have looked at his life and said I know what the law says but I haven't done it. I haven't loved my God with everything I am and I haven't loved my neighbour as much as I love myself. That was the the proper answer. (laughs) But it says he next one He, that's the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Love the Lord? Check. Love my neighbor? Check. Oh. Guess it depends on who you mean by my neighbor. Wanting to justify himself. I'm a good bloke. I've done nothing wrong, I've never hurt anyone, I've done my best, I'll make it to heaven. How often do we hear that? So Jesus looks into this guy's heart, really? If you think you're going to make it based on your goodness, you're in trouble. So in an act of mercy, Jesus tells this story to try to get the guy to realise how far away he really is. Here's the story. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Imagine this poor guy. Beaten. The word used here for wounded is more like smashed, pummeled. He wasn't just you know, knocked to the ground. He was, he was broken, stripped, and smashed. Now, imagine if that was you. So you're the you're the person that's just been beaten, badly beaten. You're naked, everything's gone, and you're half dead. Who would you want to come to your aid? Has anyone got an answer? Anyone want to be brave enough to? throw out an, an idea who would you want doctor. doctor yeah that's all right most but pardon me anyone. anyone well i don't know more robbers do you know if i got to choose do you know who i would want to come i would want me to come by Assume, you know, the other me that's not broken and beaten i would want me um because if it was me on the side of the road, half dead, I'd want me to come to the rescue. Because I'd know exactly what I needed. And I'd be the one person who would do absolutely anything needed to help me. I'd absolutely jump in, jump right in and help. Because the one person I really care about more than anyone else on the planet is me. If I'm thirsty, I get a drink. If I'm cold, I put clothes on or I get near the heater to get warm. If I get hurt or if I'm sick, I do everything I can to fix it. So I'd want me to walk past because nobody loves me like me. And if it was me on the side of the road dying, I'd want me to come by and look after me because I love me and I'm going to do everything for me. Now, I know that you guys would actually do stuff for me as well if it was you, but you wouldn't do it the same way that I would. Because nobody loves me like me. Now, by chance, go to the next one. A certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. So the first two guys that came along are just like the lawyer, really. They're part of the religious system. They know God's words. They're the guys that work in the temple. The priests were specially chosen to serve God and teach his word. The Levites were the temple workers, the temple guards. They organised the animals for sacrifice. They kept law and order around the temple. So they were in the same camp as the lawyer. They'd know what the law says. They'd know exactly what was required of them. But when these guys saw this poor bloke naked and half dead, they walked on the other side of the road. Instead of going out of their way to help, they went out of their way to avoid the problem. And don't worry about trying to find excuses for these blokes, Jesus doesn't give them any excuses. They were the guys who knew what God would have wanted them to do, and they didn't do it. And in fact, they showed no love at all. They went out of their way to not love this poor bloke. So the next guy in the story is the opposite of the priest and the lawyer. So the, the priests and the lawyer and the, sorry the priests, the lawyers and the Levites, they were the good guys. The Samaritans, who's the next guy that comes along, they were the bad guys. They were hated by the Jews. The Samaritans had tried to stop the building of the temple. In fact, they'd actually built their own temple. And they'd been at at war with the Jews for centuries. These guys, the Samaritans, were seen as dogs. And if you wanted to really insult them insult someone you'd call them a Samaritan it wasn't a good term in fact at one point the Jews had said to Jesus aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon possessed so those two things are not nice things to say but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you. So this guy, the Samaritan, is an enemy you'd expect, at best, for him to walk on the other side. In fact, you'd probably expect him to come up to the guy and sink the boot in. But he does exactly the opposite. And the idea here, Jesus' idea here, is to shock the lawyer. Are you kidding? A Samaritan? No, 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 no. The priest and the and the levite and the lawyers we're the guys that would you're saying the samaritan this guy's an enemy he's a dog but jesus said the samaritan sees the half-dead guy and has compassion and the samaritan grabs out his first aid kit or whatever he's got with him and uses it to help the guy he bandages, bandages him up he gets out his oil and wine to soothe the wound and sterilise it. I think that was the idea there. And he pours it over. He doesn't spare it. He doesn't just put a couple of little dabs. He pours it over. And he gets the guy and he puts him on his donkey or mule or horse or doesn't doesn't actually say, whatever the animal was, he puts the the guy on the animal. So the Samaritan walks so the beaten guy can ride. And he takes him to, to an inn. Now, it's not the height. Um, and keep in mind where this was, this was somewhere where there were robbers and thieves. So it's probably a little bit dodgy. Um, but he stays there the night with the guy. So it doesn't just drop him off. He stays with him and cares for him and stays there all night, caring for him all night. And then the next day, when he, when he, when he gets up, he gets out enough money for the guy there to stay for at least a couple of weeks a couple of denarii would have been enough pay the hotel bill for a couple of weeks That's a fair bit of money and then he says to the innkeeper take care of him and whatever more you spend when I come again I will repay you, here's my credit card (laughs) I'll pay for everything just do whatever you've got to do to look after him And, you know, the only person I've ever cared about that much is me. I get my credit card out for me all the time. I always look after myself, and I'll always spend whatever I need to to make sure I'm safe and fed and watered, clothed and comfortable. But this guy does it for an enemy. And that, it's not just drop him off at the local doctor's, it's lavish his own animal he possibly ripped off his own shirt to bandage him up his own money and they're not even more than the money he had actually whatever it costs all that i've got is there to look after this guy absolute lavish over the top love for a stranger that's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself do for everyone else what you do for yourself care for everyone else even your enemies even those that hate you love them as much as you love yourself now Jesus brings it home so lawyer you've told me how to gain eternal life Which of these three do you think was neighbour to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do that. Do likewise. You don't get to choose who your neighbour is. Your job is to be the neighbour... He loves he didn't, he didn't he kind of turned Jesus turned the question around the guy said who is my neighbour and Jesus said no which of these guys was the neighbour to the guy not who is my neighbour but who are you neighbour to and it's everybody you don't you don't get to choose who your neighbour is your job is to be the neighbour he loves all the time. So lawyer, you know the answer? Do that. You want to justify yourself? You want to have eternal life by keeping the law? Go for it. Now at that point, it wouldn't have been amazing if the lawyer fell to his knees and said, "Oh Lord, I haven't been the neighbor." I've been so wrong. and I've never loved anyone like that. And I'm supposed to love everyone like that. And Lord, I don't really love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my, all my mind and all my strength. Because if I did, I'd do what you want me to do. But I don't. And I'm lost. Wouldn't it have been wonderful if the lawyer had done that, had fallen to his knees, said, I, I'm lost I'm not going to make it to eternal life. Forgive me. Lord, please save me. I can't justify myself. I need you to justify me. But he doesn't do that. Do you know what happens next in the story? Nothing. No response. So we're left thinking about ourselves. Well, I was when I I was reading through it. We're well, thinking about ourselves and that's the point of the story. That's why it's written. I think Jesus wants us to look at ourselves and see where, where, we, are, where we are at. It's not really meant to get us to think we should be like the Good Samaritan. Now, don't hear me saying we, sh- we shouldn't be like the Good Samaritan. We are. We're called to be the, that, but that's not the point. That's not the point of what Jesus was saying. It's meant to get us to think we should be good like the good Samaritan. It's meant to get us to think and realise how far away we are from being that guy. How far from meeting God's standard. And just get us to admit it. To keep pointing out how dark we really are compared to the, the perfect. And then to cry out to him to save us. Not to justify ourselves. Remember the lawyer, he wanting to justify himself? The point of it is for us to come to the point of us not able to justify ourselves. We need a saviour to save us. And you know what? If the lawyer had done that, if the lawyer had cried out and said, I'm not that, I, I know that I'm not that, I know I'm supposed to be that and I know I'm not. I haven't loved you and I haven't served my neighbour the lawyer had done that, Jesus would have said, That's why I came. None of you are gonna make it. You've all sinned. You've all failed. You need a saviour. That's why I came. I'm your saviour. Don't try to justify yourself. I came to justify you. I came to live the life that you should have lived. I have loved the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength and I've loved my neighbour as myself. I came to love you and to save you. I came to give everything and lay down my life for sinners like you. If you want to justify yourself, good luck with that. But if you want to save you someone that can rescue you from the mess that we're in because we haven't loved the Lord our God and loved our neighbour. If you want a saviour, then Jesus is the saviour. And he's the only one, the only choice we've got. He's our only hope, our only hope, no other hope. It's a good story. and Hopefully we're not with the lawyer Um, hopefully we've we know what's required and we know that we have to admit we haven't done it and we need a saviour how about we pray Lord Jesus, we thank you that you haven't left us in darkness. You haven't just given us your what's required of us and then left us alone. But you've given us what's required and then you've done it for us. And then the, the penalty that should have been ours for our sin and our rebellion and our lack of love to you and our neighbour, the, the result of that should have been eternal death. But you took that on yourself. And Lord Jesus, you took that to the cross and you bore our penalty in your body, on the tree. You didn't deserve it. But you did it to save us. And rescue us. So Lord, this morning we admit that we haven't loved you with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our strength and all of our mind. And we sure haven't loved our neighbour as ourselves. And we can't justify ourselves. So we need you to come and justify us. And that's why you came, to save sinners. And Lord, we admit to you this morning that we are sinners. So save us, rescue us, and take us into eternal life. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church, North Adelaide. We hope you found it helpful, and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content... More information about City Light Church or to donate to the work of City Light Church North Adelaide, visit us at citylight.church slash northadelaide.